everyone, and welcome to season two of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. We're your host, Lauren, that's me, and Lachlan, that's the other one. That's right, and each week we're here to talk about a new chapter of Percy Jackson, The Olympians, The Sea of Monsters. We'll deep dive into the plot, the characters, emotionally charged memories the book brings up for us, and pretty much anything else that comes to mind. The Lightning Thief was a wild ride, and we're so excited to be back with Sea of Monsters. So grab your nectar and ambrosia and settle in for this episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. As always, I am one of two hosts, Lauren. And I'm the other host, Lachlan. Yes. Yay. Um, (laughs) You get two hosts for each half a host. I'm the HO. She's the ST. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you called yourself the ho. Yeah, I was I was about to say ho, and then I'm like, I'll just say ho, <laughs> and let you put that one together. Oh my god! Would you rather yeah. I have called you the ho? No, I, yeah, I'm I'm just fine with the way this worked out. Exactly. Anyway, um, I'm anyway. gonna do a little recap of last week before we get going. So, yeah, so you know, last week, luckily, they all survived against Polyphemus. You know, um, Rainbow showed up and saved all of them so that was a good time (laughs) and so they didn't actually kill polyphemus because percy in his heart he just couldn't do it and they were just too far away physically to be able to kill him once they you know were on the sinking ship um yeah so rainbow showed up with some friends we learned that percy and tyson can speak telepathically in the water because they're you know children of Poseidon so cool for them we'll see if that I honestly I don't know if that ever comes back around so we will find out in the future if it does yes um yeah I think we also need to mention that last week Clarice is the reason the ship sunk Um, oh yeah yeah because she kept like egging on Polyphemus who Percy realized was tracking them like by sound and so the more and more Clarice was yelling at him the easier it was for him to tell where she was and then he threw rocks that destroyed the ship causing it to sink and all of them to almost die in a new fun way and then Rainbow came and saved them exactly I just wanted to make sure that we knew that one Um, yes definitely and then yep so as they're swimming away on the hippocampi Percy like on the same one as Annabeth you know fulfills his debt to the gods by calling her a genius even though she's already asleep so she's actually hear him say it but I guess you know he's still within the rules of the gods because he'd be like she'll hear me say it (laughs) I mean it's better to just say it now than to like be like oh I'll tell her when she's awake and then forgetting yeah or if he's like having to explain to her like yeah so i made this like deal with the gods <laughs> that i would tell you and she's like why would you just tell me anyway we all know i'm a genius yeah but yeah she, that's how she would react obviously yep exactly um, so but either way after that really exciting chapter we're gonna get mm-hmm. into chapter 17 we get a surprise on miami beach um how fun yeah surprises are really fun i really wish we could, they got more of them um Oh my god. Yeah. Yep. So, so Annabeth wakes up Percy and by splashing water in his face and shaking him. So she's got plans. They need to get a move on. He needs to wake up. So they are 
near this like port in Miami and Annabeth points out the hippo camp are acting funny because you know they don't do pollution they don't do too many humans at this point they're over it they're done they're ready to kick everyone off and make them swim the rest of the way to shore what do you mean that's fair and it's also Mm -hmm. probably a risk for them to get too close to humans in case they're spotted yeah or like get captured with nets or anything yeah you know all that fun stuff so Tyson sadly has to say goodbye to Rainbow. Apparently at some point during his journey, he made a makeshift saddle pack, including his toolkit and some things that he salvaged from the Birmingham wreck. And it says that as he's saying goodbye to Rainbow, he gives him a mango he found on the island. So I like the confirmation that mangoes actually did exist on the island. When oh, Rover threw out his mango chutney and Plythian's like, what's a mango? Like, no, they actually were there. Really? I really appreciate that. There could have been mangoes on the island the whole time. Um, Polyphemus just might not have known what they were called. Didn't know the word for it. It's entirely possible. No, I just like that. Yep. So the hippo can't buy swim away. Percy uses the waves to like push them back toward the docks. So, you know, these five waterlogged kids are just wandering around, like all messed up looking from their multiple fights at this point without access to new clothes. And of course, like no one, no one really seems to care. It's it's a the port at Miami. No one cares. I mean, Florida. It's Florida. No one cares it's in Florida. Florida. Yep. So, and of course, you know, like the mist is covering up Tyson's eye to protect him. Grover has his cap and sneakers on. The mist is probably making them all look not as bad as they probably yeah. did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, even the fleece is turned into like a high school letter jacket with a, like a fancy Omega because, you know, Greek letters. <laughs> I love that. I really want that to be merch. That I, 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 I hope it will also. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're going to do show so merch, cool. but they should. And this should be one of the things. It, it'd just be so cool. Like this really cool mm-hmm. leather jacket. I love how the fleece, is, the fleece went to a leather jacket because like, you only a, a letterman uh sorry a school letter jacket not leather yeah a yeah, letterman not jacket. leather Peta yes. would not be happy Ooh, yes no um but I like the idea of the letterman jacket because in high school like you need to play a sport and you need to like earn one by being on varsity or something mm-hmm. but like I mean now it's just you can just pay for one but like they earn yeah. the fees they got it and this is <laughs> that's cute I got yeah. a letter for participation in middle school track really <laughs> yeah just for participation it wasn't a jacket though it was just the letter uh yeah i got the letter also you can like get the letter made into a jacket mm-hmm. like i don't care no i was i wasn't good enough for that no one no one would have supported that if i chose to do it anyway i'm also on the golf team so if i got a letterman jacket for death, <laughs> uh, we should get letter jackets for our club um it also doesn't say who's wearing the fleece but i'm assuming it's annabeth i yeah i'm assuming it's still annabeth at this point um I think it is also specifies later that, that it is her. So she, being the smart one that she is, immediately runs to find a newspaper to confirm the date and the year. You know, like when they were in the Lotus Hotel, you got to make sure you're still in the right time frame. Oh, and yeah. 10 whole days have passed since they ditched camp. It's now June 18th. And I want to say we said over the course, they got like three, four, three, four sleeps. Yikes. <laughs> Though time does pass differently. So it's not like they spent 10 regular days and only slept three times. 
Yeah. It's alternative monster time. Yeah. And so poor Grover, of course, is freaking out. thinking Thaddeus tree is probably like right on the edge of true dead, completely done in. And so they have to get the fleece back tonight. Like this is end game, end zone, whatever. <laughs> almost, I don't know. They're like almost, almost round time. The last stage of chess. Well, there you go. Yep. And so, of course, now Clarice is also freaking out. Like, we're hundreds of miles away. There's no money. There's no ride. Just like the Oracle said. And then turns to Percy. It's your fault, Jackson. If you hadn't interfered. And now Annabeth pops off. Like, how dare you disrespect Percy? It's like, how can you say that? You are the biggest. I really wish we knew what Annabeth was going to say after that. Like, it cuts off right there. And um, Percy's I like, you know what Annabeth was going to say. <laughs> and then Percy's like, stop it. You know, like, no, we're not doing this. And like for a second, Percy's able to like put himself in Clarice's shoes and remind himself that this is supposed to be her quest. And then the people that she hates most suddenly jumped onto it and are kind of taking the whole thing away from her. And like, they're kind of like making her look bad. Even though, like, yeah, she has done some dumb things, but also they did dumb things in their own quest. You know, yeah. like everyone's made dumb mistakes, but you know, they but are like, like, I mean, they didn't have the option to totally blame someone who hijacked their quest and she does. And I'm kind of yeah. like, I can see her being like, I can use them. Yeah. Well, it's also the same time. It's like, they are the most recent heroes of Quest. So it's like, they're saying by coming and taking from her that she's not good enough or that she's not capable. Which because is like, oh, oh, oh we got to come and clean up your mess, Clarice. You I know? mean, Percy did literally say that in the beginning of the book. Like, yeah. When Clarice got announced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, and again, like Percy even thinks about, you know, the way Ares was yelling at her earlier and like he doesn't really care about the camp he cares about his descendants looking bad and if percy ameth and grover and tyson come in and completely take over the quest and come back as the victors with like they just went and like rescue clarice and she's the, the tag along at that point they're like it definitely will make Ares look bad and like who knows what repercussions she would have to deal with because of that exactly and, you know being a kid from his own situation i'm sure percy can imagine what Clarice might have to deal with and so he also doesn't want to put like as much as they don't like each other I'm sure he would never want anyone to go through what he went through so that's also probably something on his mind as well like I don't want to like take this quest from her to have to then make her go through something like that exactly and I think also you know? Percy cares more about camp than about the glory mm-hmm. oh and definitely and that, yeah that's definitely why he did it because he he was like concerned about his friend and about camp and, so, and this whole thing of like he can't let other people risk themselves when he feels like he could go and do it himself exactly. so it's this whole combination of like he needs to be the one to ensure the safety of the camp because something he cares about and wants to put himself on the line for it you know exactly. whereas like other people may see it as just wanting to see glory he's coming from a different angle with all these like conflicting interests going towards the same goal but he's able to to like force himself to stop and think remember his goal think about what her goal is and like how how can we actually line this up and have like a good outcome for everyone? Yeah. So then he's like, asks her like, what did the Oracle actually say? So now we get, you know, like the full prophecy that Clarice was given. Do you want to say it in your fun Oracle voice? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm trying to remember the Oracle voice. Um, You shall sail the iron ship with warriors of bone. You shall find what you seek and make it your own but despair for your life entombed within stone and fail without friends to fly home alone 
and Grover sums up pretty well. Ouch. <laughs> you know, that prophecy really bites. Oh my God. <laughs> but Percy, you know, he's figured out. So he asks if anyone has any money. It's it's a pretty, they also, I, I mean, every prophecy after the fact is pretty simple to figure out. And they have the, yeah. um, the luck right now to view it from someone on the other side of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and he'll sort of explain it in a second where um we've been trying to find money and tyson out of nowhere is like yeah i saved the bags from the initial shipwreck so here's like a couple hundred dollars that i you know at least three hundred dollars in this bag here you go guys and so with that it's enough for clarice to get a taxi get to the airport with the fleece so and Percy take it off Annabeth and give it to Clarice. Yes, yes. So confirmation that Annabeth was the one wearing it. And Percy the one that comes up with is the one that comes up with this plan. Like everyone's kind of like confused at first. So he's really thinking the wheels are turning. I'm really proud of him. So he tells Annabeth to give Clarice the fleece. And she, Clarice, is going to go to the airport and fly back to Camp Hapla, being the fly home alone part. Exactly. Right. Um, so like yes, yeah. yeah, so like she needed them to come along to like help her get through the sea of monsters itself you know like be rescued from polyphemus and all of that um but in the end like just through circumstance she still has to like fly home alone she's like, literally she's an all that will follow woman. after you know it's not like everyone else is dead at least because i'm sure that's what she initially thought um she's an unaccompanied minor yeah no like i'm sure like initially she read and failed without friends to fly home i was like all my friends are gonna die i'm gonna fail and i'm gonna return just as me because i'm the only one that will live um but also it makes sense why she left people at camp because she's like it's saying that she'll yeah fail without them but she needs to do it alone so she's probably like oh i'll just do it alone from the get-go mm-hmm. um and also i mean again here's where the aries part comes in where if she, it looks like she needs help or someone to save her she can't do it alone that reflects poorly on him yeah, so she's probably trying to like go and and do it her own way in spite of the prophecy and just assume that she will be able to fight against it and be able to do it by herself, even though the prophecy clearly is never going to work out that way. So um, Percy says that they only have enough money for one flight and Zeus would kill him anyway if he tried. So Clarice is going to go and deliver the fleece and also again, like gives her back that that credit that... um validation that it, that she was the one that led this quest and all of that um yeah. instead of like giving it to annabeth or grover or tyson like he lets it be her and at the end of the day it's it's her quest because exactly. she got the prophecy yeah so she says you know what you can count on me i won't fail she hops in the cab and heads off on her way and annabeth says like percy is insane for doing this like he's betting the lives of everyone at camp that Clarice will be able to get the fleece back safely. And he says, like, you know, it's her quest. She deserves the chance. You're like, good, good on him. Good on him. And Tyson's like, Percy's nice. And I was like, he's too nice. But then he says here, like, I couldn't help but think that maybe, just maybe, she was a little impressed. I surprised her anyway. That wasn't easy to do. And like amazing. That's so sweet. I don't know. That's just something fun. I'm like, it's that whole thing too. Like when you know someone so well, and like you feel like they know everything about you but you still find ways to like impress them or surprise and like that's always like really fun too with like a friend you've had for a while yeah you know it's it's even better when like they know it's something that not that you've been struggling with but it's something that like Mm -hmm. 
you've been trying to better yourself through and yeah. they get to see that progress. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this was something person needs to work on or he's a shit, he's a terrible person, but like, um, no, I mean, like it ties back into what we were saying earlier about how he needs to be the one to save everyone because he's too scared to lose anyone. And here he's making the active choice to trust someone else to be the one to save everybody. And so that is a big step for him of not needing to be the one on the front lines all the time. Because now obviously all the monsters are going to be more geared towards her because now she has the magical fleece beacon, you know? Yeah, true. So so I think it is it is a really big choice for him aside from just like hating her and not wanting her to be successful because they're they, um, I just had a thought if they had more drachmas they should have just tried to take the gray uh the gray taxi all the way back <laughs> the so gray bad. sisters uh wouldn't that have been fun like a nice full circle moment if they had called them back up oh oh well things to think about in the future yeah. um but as percy turns around it's like we're gonna find another way home and i'm like i don't know what his plan was but it's derailed immediately when Luke appears holding them at knife point and the bear men appear and they grab Annabeth and Grover and they start to grab uh, Tyson, but Tyson's fighting back. But Percy tells them to stop fighting because otherwise they're going to kill Annabeth and Grover. Um, and Luke is like, what do you want? Oh no, sorry. Percy's like, what do you want, Luke? And uh luke is like why i want you to come aboard my ship and i i I love how percy even comments on the fact that it's the biggest ship in the port how did i miss that yep i mean what could have been that they had like extra special chronos evil magic that put like a super layer of mist over it until they were ready to reveal themselves true probably or maybe they're just being oblivious (laughs) yeah or they're just stupid (laughs) yep um they end up uh, on the ship. Um, they're surrounded by all of the monsters and stuff. And Luke is like trying to get them to give them the fleece. And he starts poking Grover's jeans. And Grover is like, um, that's real gro- goat fur under there. Um, and Luke is like, sorry, just give me the fleece and I'll leave you guys alone. Um, and they're sort of stalling. They're not really answering until purse until luke starts actually threatening and then luke percy is like it's not here we sent it ahead of us you messed up <laughs> i can't imagine how happy he was like terrified but also really really happy to say that like oh yeah he's like, dummy. we don't even have it anymore um and luke puts two and two together and realizes clarice and he's like you trusted clarice you gave the fleece to clarice <laughs> and they're like yeah um so Luke- which like makes sense that he would never have thought about that because like he knew he saw firsthand how much Clarice and Percy hated each other and obviously if Annabeth and Percy are going to be closer friends then that's probably going to pull her away from Clarice so he probably imagined they were just going to be like tug of war fighting over it the whole time or that yeah they I would bully they her would- into letting them keep it or something I forgot that he was at camp during like the whole Supreme Lord of the bathroom. Yeah, the, the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, Aries cabin making the sh- making the shroud. Like he knows, and then the yep. whole like the fact that the Aries cabin now hates him because of what they did. Like he yep. knows about that beef. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he. So he, in his mind, there's probably no way they were ever going to be able to work together to be successful. And 
Oh, that's a, yeah. So of course he's like super surprised that he probably thought that they just abandoned her at the island. Oh yeah. So uh, Luke calls for his steed to be brought. Um, and Luke is sort of pacing in front of this swimming pool and everyone else is like looking around like, well, why is he freaking out? This isn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Percy sees that there's fountains spraying mist into the air, almost making like a rainbow at sunset. So at least I'll have a pretty image while they die. Um, mm-hmm. And so Percy starts, you know, he does what any good hero does, get the villain to monologue. Mm-hmm. Um, and Luke is like, so he's like, you've been toying with us. You wanted us to bring you the fleece. And Luke was like, yeah, and you messed everything up. Um, <laughs> as uh, Percy yells, traitor, grabs a golden drachma out of his pocket and chucks it at Luke. But Luke dodges it because it's a coin. Um, mm-hmm. And it goes into the rainbow colored water. Um, as, and he silently goes, oh God, I accept my offering. And then screams out, you tricked all of us, even Dionysus at camp half blood making sure to really he's really him. smart right now but also yeah. how funny would it have been if luke like like smacked the coin out of there so percy just had to keep throwing coins until one hit he's like what is your problem percy that was his only coin though <laughs> <laughs> i, I, I kind of wish he had an unlimited supply and they just kept knocking him out um, he just kept going <laughs> and throwing. um and all of a sudden the fountain begins to shrimmer but to keep everyone's attention on him, he brings out Riptide and starts holding it around. And Luke is like, dude, this isn't, you're surrounded. Like, I don't even know what you're doing now. Um, yeah, like, I'm going to kill you sooner or later. Like, don't, exactly. why are you trying to make it sooner? Exactly. Um, and then Percy's like, so who poisoned Talia's tree? And Luke is like, I did. I already told you I used Elder Python Venom straight from the depths of Tyrus. And Percy's like, so Kyron had nothing to do with it. And he's like, ha. Yeah, he would never have done it. He doesn't have the guts. And Luke is like, you don't understand the half of it. I was going to let you take the fleece once I was done with it. And it's like, um, why? Yeah. And Percy's like, but you were going to heal Kronos. And he's like, yes, the fleece's magic would have sped up his process. You couldn't have stopped, but you haven't stopped it. You only slowed us down. And Percy's like, so you poisoned the tree. You betrayed Talia. You set us all up all to help Kronos. And Luke is like, dude, we've got over this. Like, I don't know. I, I know you're a little slow, but like, we don't need to keep having this conversation. Um, and Luke is like, and Percy's like, well, I just wanted everyone in the audience to, to hear this. And then Percy, pa- then Luke pauses because he realizes like, oh no, what audience? <laughs> and he looks behind and he can see the rainbow mist, the iris message of Dionysus, Tantalus, and the entire dining pavilion at camp. Because apparently it was dinner time. Yep. As Dionysus is like, well, that was some nice unplanned dinner entertainment. Not giving a F, as one would say. Um, <laughs> and Percy's like, um, you heard him. It's not Chiron. Please, please forgive Chiron. Um, and Mr. D is like, oh, I suppose. And Tantalus is like, um this could be a trick but it's still trying to get his cheeseburger most important thing in the world to him yeah, um, and he's he's distracted the cheeseburger by focusing on the dinner entertainment so he can sneak attack the cheeseburger obviously hey, one day it's gonna work one day one, one day, day it's gonna work <laughs> exactly. and in fact uh, mr d then says that he's going to um reinstate chiron as the activities director and all of a sudden tantalus gets the cheeseburger it happened. It's finally happened. 
<laughs> and staring at it. He goes to eat it. And Al, right before he does, Mr. D says, you're no longer necessary. We no longer require your services and you may return to the underworld. And as he's trying to bring the cheeseburger into his mouth to take one glorious bite, he turns to mist, dissolving as he goes back to the underworld. The whole camp erupts into cheers. <laughs> is freaking out. Um, and then he swipes the Iris message. He turns back to Percy and says, you know what? Kronos was right. You're an unreliable weapon and you need to be replaced. Um, and mm. like, um, I got no clue what you mean. As a brass whistle blows, the deck doors fly open and even more warriors come out making a circle around them. And Luke smiles and says, you'll never leave this boat alive. Dun, dun, dun. And that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. So as we're wrapping this up, like two things I think are really important for us to keep in mind going forward. Let's see if I remember those two things. The first one, Luke saying that he would have let them take the fleece since he was done with it. Why? Because like the bad guy never gives the good guys anything just to be nice, you know? So like, is there some sort of thing that they're hoping Kim Hapo would use it for that would actually be in their favor? Like, I mean, what? Luke could just be saying that just to mess with them. Or also to like, that, yeah. Or at this at that point in the chapter, he hadn't um, uh, realized that the message was happening. So yeah. he might've just been saying that to try and, uh appease percy mm-hmm. and try or to, like, maybe he would use way. it to barter for something else even better later on like maybe like for percy himself they might try to get him to give himself over in return for the police exactly. um and the other thing is what luke said right at the end of like percy's an unreliable re- weapon and needs to be replaced who would he be replaced with and if they can't use percy who are they gonna go for? is it gonna be annabeth like it's gonna be someone else we don't know about yet oh. like Let's let's if we circle back to earlier in the book where they had said about um, uh, the prophecy where a child of the eldest gods, mm-hmm. there are they had said that Talia was originally supposed to be that one because she was the only one. Now Percy's going to be that child because he's the only one. So that what they mean by an unreliable weapon, and I do like the idea of the unreliable weapon. <laughs> at some point, Luke and Kronos, or at least Kronos thought we can make him choose us like we can manipulate him and use him and like we had said or annabeth had literally said like the reason the gods haven't killed you is because they think you can use you and clearly mm-hmm. and same thing on Kronos's side him. as well that's why they haven't like like obviously luke tried to kill him before but they could have tried all school year you know they, yeah. they conveniently let him get through another year of school before they tried to go after him again exactly it's yeah but oh my god but i, I just love but either way it's good stuff join us next week for chapter 18 the party ponies invade um and as a great time out here in miami (laughs) yes oh i'm just it's gonna be a good one it's gonna be a good one Mm -hmm. um well either way please remember to rate review subscribe uh and hopefully we'll see you next listen to us next week uh for chapter 18 um so have a good one bye bye everyone, it's Lachlan again. Thanks for listening to another episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Lauren told me to tell you to follow our one and only social media account at Accidentally Vaporized Pod on Instagram to get updates about when we post a new episode, to learn more about Lauren and I, and anything else we might come up with. 
See you there soon.